0: This is The Truth Network.
1: The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the Masculine Journey. The Masculine Journey starts here, now. Welcome to the Masculine Journey. We're so excited you are joining us today, and we have a whole studio full of... um, Posers. Posers. I like that word. (laughs) (laughs) He nailed it. (laughs) He nailed it. So... As posers, yeah. you know, I'm sure you you might have noticed that Satan wants to sift you like wheat. <laughs> and, and he often provides us with a lot of unexpected change. That would be it, Rodney. And that was a topic that Rodney was, um, yeah, just think about uh, Peter that night, right? How about <laughs> I'm hanging out with God? Things are good, mm-hmm. right? We just had a heck of a dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were out in the garden, yeah. praying, yeah. and yeah, and then, sleeping, <laughs> yeah, on a mountain, yeah,
2: yeah. You know, Couldn't get any better. You see the candlelight down in the valley below. Yeah,
1: but all of a sudden, boy, unexpected change, like, and and such a shaking that what Peter did not realize was his mask became all too evident um, to the world, but more importantly to Peter, Darren.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, living my life as a poser um, most of my life, and I still struggle with it today, quite frankly. Um, just be honest about We've it. have noticed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, hey, brother. <laughs> got a little pose going on there? Um, so You know, I I hesitate to think too hard about it at this point, what life was like for those people around me 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago and because you know they had to see through the pose right right and they were waiting for changes to happen in my life perhaps if if they had my best interest at heart and i had i was blessed with good friends i mean you were my good friend (laughs) at one point robbie and you were wanting change in my life um and so you know you were wanting change in this poser's life it's it's very similar we prayed for each other daily or prayed (laughs) at each other daily or something like that And yeah, but uh, we didn't expect the change necessarily to be for us rather than for others. And so, you know, in this time where we live in the coronavirus world, um, shut down, things are, you know, starting to open back up. Well, I'm mad about this. Well, I'm mad about that. Or I'm, you know, you guys are crazy. Y'all are opening up too fast. I mean, everybody's throwing fits about something. And the ultimate thing that we can get used to is change. Uh, and we don't have a lot of control over it. Right. So our first clip that we'll set up, it's
1: sort of our laugh track, because you know me, I like to laugh. And this one makes me laugh. It's a movie called What If? And in this case, Kevin Sorbo, who's known by many as Hercules, is the biggest poser, it, especially I mean, in Hercules,
2: the be- Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Yeah, yeah. No, it, not that Hercules.
1: And, and he's taken the sweet life deal, mm-hmm. uh, and he's gone off to be a banker when he'd promised God and his girlfriend that he was going to, you know, be a, pastor and a missionary and also God decides to show up and shake him a little bit and all of a sudden he wakes up one morning and he is now the the man he was supposed to be and he finds himself as not only married to this woman, he's got two children that he does not know he has and, very funny, you have to hear the one scene, he is the pastor of this church. Now when you hear them talking about you know, make money so you can buy things, this is actually his first sermon. <laughs> Because, you know, he's speaking his worldview. He understands completely. But fortunately, he has a very w- willing a- uh, and able uh, angel to help him out in the – go ahead.
0: I got to do it. Most people ruin a joke by telling you what it means afterwards. Robbie's has got to do it by telling you before.
1: Anybody who knows me knows if anybody can ruin a joke, you, you're talking to the master. <laughs> the master. But I want you to hear things in the clip so that you can get the picture, right, of what's actually happening to this poor guy as he now finds himself as the man that God had originally had in mind.
3: You're not Julius Caesar, okay? No, I'm not. You didn't think big enough. What if you had the perfect life? Mercedes Benz SL65. Will you marry me? Of course, Penny Bear. What if God...
4: Came today some kind of missionary letter?
3: Wendy. Who is she? Old girlfriend. We almost got married. You still talk to her? I make a point of never going back. Had other plans. What's going on? No, 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 no! Kid, me—it's a brand new car. Who
5: are you? I'm an angel sent here to help you straighten out your life. Uh, okay. Close your eyes. Count backwards from hundred. Uh, no. Fine. All right. Well, I'll have it your way.
1: Mommy, daddy's crawling on the floor.
3: Oh, dad, dad, no! I, I, I'm not anybody's dad. A divine intervention. What is this? What's Wendy doing or why does everyone act like they know me? Gives him a second chance. Reverend, I'm ready for you now. Reverend? Reverend? You know, I um try to make more money. So you can buy things. And then you'll be happy.
5: It's called the great what if? What if? See, every now and then he chooses someone to re-examine their
4: life. Daddy paid the most popular guy in Clearville $80 to stay away from me. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me.
2: And it's all because of you.
3: I I can't be the Ben that they think I am. I'm not your husband and I'm not their father.
2: I knew I was adopted.
5: When you walked away, you broke two hearts, Wendy's and his. Now he's given you another chance.
3: Thank you for letting me make things right, even though I don't deserve it all. I want to be yours from now on. Kevin Sorbo, Christy Swanson, John Ratzenberger, and Debbie Ryan.
5: Thanks, Daddy.
3: You're welcome. From producer Jerry Jenkins, author of the Left Behind series. I spent years thinking that I was happy, but I didn't know what happy meant. What if? You know, you're pretty tough for an angel. Where do you rank? They send me someone important.
5: The fact that I'm sitting here babysitting you should tell you where I rank. <laughs>
1: so, it is a fabulous movie. It's one of my all-time favorites. Been a lot of ways. But if you catch that music, I really can't save you. I can't save you unless I break your heart. All right, that That line is actually very, very profound. <clears throat> and <clears throat> what you know, our, our friend from cheer says is every now and then he, he disrupts somebody's life. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, it's not, it's, it's those he loves, he disciplines, right. And, and he will shake your life up so that you can get a look at your own mask. I, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a really big, you know thing that really I I don't know how we'd ever get a look at it if he didn't you know give us those big shakes and so Rodney you have some big shakes coming our way
4: <laughs> yeah tonight's kind of the spoiler night right <clears throat> so in all these movies there's unexpected change and we've got to just tell everybody that hey if you <laughs> really uh, want to go watch some of these movies you might want to not listen to the punchlines that we're going to give away in these,
1: <laughs> in these movies uh, the The one that really sent us all scurrying was The Sixth Sense. Um, If you could set that one up for us. Yes. The Sixth Sense
4: is a movie where there's a main character, the child in it, is somebody who sees dead people and they don't know that they're dead. Bruce Willis is the guy who is actually going through this movie thinking he's alive. And throughout the whole movie, you think he's alive because he's interacting with everybody in a way that you think is going on, he's just having marital problems is why his wife doesn't talk to him. And then in this last scene, he's talking to his wife. His wife is talking to him is what you see going on. But really, she's just kind of talking in her sleep as she falls asleep. She drops his wedding ring on the floor. It rolls around. He sees what it is. And he finally realizes he's not alive. And that's kind of the shaker. So he was a child psychiatrist? He's was a child psychiatrist, and he was treating the child who was telling him that and basically so a, he, he says, sees dead people. Right, you know? he
1: sees a flashback of that when... In the middle of this clip. Right. Yep. Anna.
5: I miss you.
1: I miss you, too.
5: Why, Malcolm?
0: What? What is it? What?
5: Why did you leave me?
0: I didn't leave you.
1: I see people.
0: They don't know they're dead. How often do you see them?
1: Rodney, tell us you know, what, what grabbed your attention with that clip.
4: Well, with that clip, where it takes me to is what people also have as a belief system. A lot, Everybody can come up with whatever belief system they want to believe in, right? And some people do. We focus in on, we have come together and said, hey, we believe in the Bible and we believe for what it says. Many people out there are like, yes, I believe in God, but it's a different God. It's some God they either made up in their head or have some other religion for, some man-made, I have to go do something to earn my salvation. We're on a different side of that. So for us, you know, there's going to be this unexpected change when all of a sudden you're standing in front of Jesus and he's all he has to say to you is, I don't know who you are. That's going to be a big unexpected change because they've worked out that they're a good person. They're okay because they're better than the rest of the people in the room, Right. And really what's going to happen is that's going to be just a big shock. And I just see that here where he's thinking he's alive and he's actually dead. Spiritually, there's a lot of people that same way. They think they're spiritually alive. They're going to be just fine. And things are not going to be well if they're not with Jesus. Yeah, and they don't know it.
2: Yeah, I was a minister of a church for the better part of 20 years and didn't know I was dead. Um, I mean, I'll just be honest about that. and the relationship that i had with god was i had a relationship with a system that saved me i didn't really know the savior that well Um, i knew a lot about him i knew a lot of things that he said a lot of things that he did but i didn't know him so after this break come back we're going to talk about the unexpected changes in our life and how that disrupts things and allows god to be himself and us to be ourselves.
1: And speaking of an unexpected change, we have a boot camp coming up that the date is wrong on what you're <laughs> going to hear in the promo because Robbie hasn't unexpectedly changed it back yet. Mm-hmm. It's a short week because of Memorial Day, but it's actually the 16th, not the 17th.
2: Kieran Kuhn with the Masculine Journey Radio Show. I want to ask you to consider coming to a boot camp. Meet our band of brothers. Meet the Masculine Journey radio team. But more importantly, meet God there. Hear the message. Experience the message that has changed hundreds of men's lives. Changed their marriages. Changed the way they walk with God. Hey, can you guys cease fire
1: for a second? I'm trying to do a promo here. Coming July 17th through the 19th. Register now at MasculineJourney.org. Welcome back to the Masculine Journey radio show, where today we're talking about unexpected change. And and Jim, you had said that's kind of (laughs) redundant.
0: How often do we really expect something to change, especially major changes in our lives? And if we're planning it, it's not expected, but the change is not a change because it's something that we're going through. So to me unexpected change is sort of like it's a very unique terrible I
1: love expression that. i love that word <laughs> very unique because i know it drives him crazy yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he doesn't like when you say just either like well i was just going to say or i i just meant jim doesn't like
0: yeah, no that. valley girl here please yeah,
2: yeah
1: i understand like. i understand
2: so when we left our hero darren he was uh
1: Explaining, you know, that which really what change brought about the, you know, to get to the story of the deal, yeah. right? Well, Cause that's what,
2: you that's know, that's where
1: I, he really got the rug pulled.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'd been a minister for the better part of 20 years um, in three different churches and uh, um, had the idyllic life and the perfect marriage and the 2.7 kids and a white picket fence and all of that. So is Derek like 1.7? Derek is (laughs) 1.7 minus 2. Um, So anyway, all of that being said is um, I was also addicted to pornography. I was the biggest poser in the world. Um, And let so many horrible things into my marriage that um, ended up just costing me my marriage. My wife ended up having... Uh, an affair and different things, and I don't blame her for that at all because I'd had thousands of affairs. Um, if pornography is an affair, and I believe Jesus says that it is, then here I was. Um, I was, you know, pretty much the biggest affair guy out there. And so, but when all of that came crashing down, was when I finally began to understand who the real me was. Now, don't get me wrong. I didn't take that lying down, so to speak, and just go, oh, okay, God, I'm I'm so sorry for being a poser all this time. And okay, I'm going to change my life. No, I threw a fit. I got mad and I screamed and I said, God, I didn't didn't ask to be sexually abused as a child. I didn't ask to be a, a an addicted person to pornography. I didn't ask to go into the ministry. I, I didn't ask, you wanted me to go into the ministry. And I, I mean, I blamed him for pretty much everything. Um, but at that time was when I began to finally realize that I was wearing a lot of masks and that all of this change that was happening in my life was God beginning to peel those masks back. And every time that happened, it felt like a great change. And so our next clip on the lighter side. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Glad I could just, lift you up there, Rob. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, the boy in the striped pajamas, you know, that, like, oh, my goodness.
2: Yeah, this is a. Yeah, really light side. Yeah. Um,
1: <clears throat> similar in, in concept, though, that here's a guy that is. Has no idea, really, the pose that he's in, as and he's murdering people. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's it's, a, it's a, but set the it commandant, up yes, set and he has Trani. a big
4: big shock at the end of this. So he's the commandant of a concentration camp. Um, they move right next door to the concentration camp, but it's through the woods and you can't see it. But barely, if you just look just right, and his son one day sees it and it wanders over to the concentration camp sees a little boy across the fence they become friends because they're both 8 years old this is how what bonds them at first next thing you know you see him playing checkers across through the fence and the next thing that rolls along in the movie is the boy when the real change starts to take place is when the boy says I can't find my father well Samuel is the boy in the camp Bruno is the boy who's the commandant's son and Bruno's like oh well I'm a good friend I'm going to go help Well, he finds a way to go get into the concentration camp and look just like Samuel inside the prison. So he looks; they both look just like they were meant to be there. They got striped pajamas. They have striped pajamas because they all look the same. And actually, I don't believe the intent here was to put the kids into the gas chamber, but they get hoarded and rounded up in this scene. And that's what you hear a lot of screaming about. They get rounded up. They think everything's just going to be fine. And next thing you know, you hear – The wife noticing the son's gone, getting the father, they they go running for the camp, and finally they come to the realization that the boy uh, is in the uh, gas chamber.
5: that our weekly capabilities would be almost trebled. So therefore, by the end of the summer...
3: Bro. Elsa, I'm in a meeting. Bruno's missing.
4: It's all right. I think we're just waiting in here until the rain stops.
1: off! It's just a shower. I mean, you end up with an unexpected change in your whole family based on, you know, choices that, you know, you've been making that you really, you know, didn't see coming at all. And and Harold, you know, we often tease him about the fact that, you know, he saw not only World War II, but World War I. <laughs> Just kidding. But actually, we're highly favored because here's a man that's in you know, his, this late seventies, I'm sure you didn't mind me saying that.
5: A couple of months away from seventy nine.
1: I know it. And, and so we we really are blessed in, in you know, in the stages of a masculine journey to have men that we can walk with that have been the trail, you know, and and so I'm wondering from your perspective, does this change, unexpected change, does it stop when you like get to sixty five or seventy four or No. It doesn't, does it?
5: No you just get older <laughs> <laughs> but the the greatest unexpected change that ever occurred in my life was when i met the woman i've been married to now for almost 56 years my plan without including god in it was to be a navy pilot travel all over the world and they had plans and see a lot of <laughs> A lot of different women and not just one. Six weeks after I met that woman, her brother tricked me into a blind date. And I had no plan whatsoever. But the first thing I know, I'm down on a knee asking her to marry me. And we've known one another almost six weeks. And yet that was the greatest thing that could have ever happened because otherwise I I would have been a scoundrel. I'm a little bit of a scoundrel as it is, but nothing like I would have been.
1: (laughs) Jim, what, what does that clip bring to your mind?
0: That we have no control. I mean, even you mentioned it's bad choices on our part. Often it is. Sometimes it's bad choices on another person's part. Sometimes it just looks like bad luck. But we're going to have changes. They're inevitable. And how we, in fact, my wife got this probably 20 years ago. We've got, I don't know why it's in the bathroom, a sign on the wall that says, life is about how you handle plan B. (laughs) And it's really not B. It's C, D, F, double Z. You know, we, I was going to, Joined the military, tried three times. They wouldn't have me. I was too blind, too fat, and then too old. And the other option was going to be a police officer. And out of college, that was my first employment. But I was really more of a Bill Nye the science guy. How did I become a pastor?
1: God only knows,
0: literally. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, you know, when I think about unexpected change you know i had no idea that as a car dealer that i thought i was do, you know doing what my father had done before me i was my father's son i thought that was the 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 desire of my heart and when god pulled that one out of my life there was a serious screaming and hurting and crying and all 40 years of work in a particular direction yet 12 years on the other side of getting rid of this which was breaking my heart and he knew that and 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 you may have heard me say before, I had nightmares about having to sell one more car or whatever for five or six seven years. Every once in a while, still have another nightmare um, where I've got to sell a car because it was it was literally like you've, a soul sucker. It was just taking me in, in places that I had no idea. But when I was freed from it, oh my goodness, you know what God's been able to bring into my life since. You know, I would never be here with you guys.
0: You could be out there today doing that, though, because I hear all these people with the stimulus checks are using it for down payments on new cars.
1: Yeah, my son's right there doing it well. <laughs> Father, you know, taking his father's way, which I find interesting that you got Derek doing what, what where you were.
2: Well, you know, it's funny. When I was a, a minister, Derek would not have dreamed of being a minister. I mean, hated the idea he was going to be a professional baseball player or football player or something like that. And then, you know, later on sometime in high school with some good youth ministers and other good people around his, his heart, um, uh, other than me, um, he decided, you know what, that I do want to go into ministry. And, and so he, you know, that's what he began to do. And that's what he's doing today is planting churches. So if you're feeling like
1: we just scratched the surface, you're right, because we have more scratching to do. We may Mm -hmm. not get past the surface, but we will get deeper in the After Hours podcast, which is available on iTunes or at MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Remember, the change Mm -hmm. is that the boot camp really starts on the 16th. It does go through the 19th.
2: Thursday, July sixteenth, five thirty PM.
1: Masculine Journey Radio. Not no, you don't have to do the radio anymore. You can just say masculineurney.org. Alex Lots I mean, of change. Lots of change. <laughs> Stay tuned for the after hours. Go to get it on iTunes. And oh, you can subscribe. How fun is that? Yeah. Thanks for listening.